In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're gonna have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another Thursday special coronavirus edition of the Pelvic PT Rising podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey, Nicole. Hello. Well, it is coronavirus time, and we all know what Nicole says about coronavirus. Coronavirus. Shit's still real. And this is an interesting podcast because this is, A, the first one we've done at the clinic instead of at home, so you don't have to listen for the sounds of cats going by in the background anymore. <laughs> right, I know. In one of those other podcasts, we have Ziggy, like, totally meowing in the background because she was hungry. Yeah, Belly Rub <laughs> does not wait for podcasts. <laughs> Number two, this is probably the first one we've done without a glass of wine in hand. Right, and instead I have my coffee. Yeah, a wonderful 2020 vintage <laughs> Deep black. Bean. <laughs> so we wanted to give you guys an update on how everything is going back at the clinic. Yeah, Nicole, why don't you kind of dive in with how, how are things going compared to our expectations so far? Yeah, so overwhelmingly great, actually, which frankly, I think is a little bit surprising. I think if you sometimes keep expectations low, then you'll certainly achieve them. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say great with as much skepticism in their voice as you I know, said. right. Okay, so but here's the deal. So we had an official opening date of of yesterday when this we're filming this on a Tuesday. So on that Tuesday. Was Monday, May 18th. So Monday, May 18th. And we had opened the clinic a little bit earlier before that just to kind of see what the heck's going on with the policies and if there's any snags or anything like that. So we had one of our therapists come back last week and then I also treated last week as well. So we had a fair number of people come in and I think the really most promising thing so far is that we've been able to fill up our schedules. And so basically everybody at the clinic now, so it's myself and two other therapists, are completely full for the next couple of weeks so far. And we're bringing back somebody next Monday as well, and her schedule for next week is full as well. So we're, again, really cautiously optimistic. It's still a pretty big drop-off from what we were doing before coronavirus, but at least for our people, we're really excited that schedules are filling up. There are a lot of new patients who are calling, and one of the things we're trying to think through as a business is are those people who have been kind of waiting for the last six weeks? Like, are we getting this rush because people have been dealing with these symptoms and now really want to get in? Or is this getting back to our new normal where we can, you know, trust our numbers again and we're seeing a normal new patient flow? Right. So that is one of the biggest challenges, I think, is to decide, like, what are we actually seeing and what are the trends we used to know those like the back of our hand. And now I think it would be naive of us to think that every all of the behavior of our patients is going to be the exactly the same because the world is not the same. And so that's one of the things that from a business standpoint, we are 
tracking as much as we can and trying to see when new patterns emerge and then make our decisions based on the new information with a little bit of the institutional knowledge that we can glean from being in business for four years. We're going to be paying a lot of attention to what people do, how new patients are scheduling. So far, it's been relatively, again, relatively normal. And I think if we see that for a couple more weeks, we might start being a little bit more comfortable in making that assessment that it's a little bit back to business as usual for most patients. There's obviously still some who are either hit financially by all of this, who are still worried or at high risk. So there's definitely a subset of people who are just not going to be comfortable coming in right now for whatever reason. But it's we're really interested in seeing what the remainder of the people, those who aren't overly worried about it, how they're behaving at this time. And I feel like the biggest uncertainty right now is still going to be what is the financial implication of all this. And it's going to be a delay I feel. And so we just need to be really cautious about that. Like Jesse said, cautiously optimistic and with optimistic being the most important word in that. Yeah. And so one of the things that we've been doing in terms of our precautions for coronaviruses, we've been leaving 15 minutes in between each patient so that we can thoroughly disinfect and sanitize the rooms, kind of prepare for them to come back in. And one of the things that's been interesting from our staff has just been their reaction to that. Right. And I feel like, so this kind of took me back, right? So we had both of the people that we have back in the office independently say to either Jesse or I that they really enjoyed having that 15 minute break in between. And I remember from being a newer therapist that it was very overwhelming to have to see patients back to back to back. And even though pelvic sanity has patients on the hour, a lot of people don't. And you're seeing patients every 45 minutes or even sometimes every 30 minutes. And that can get really overwhelming. You can be seeing 15 to 20 patients in an eight hour day. And that can what's be... that like though, when you walk in just from a PT perspective, if you're seeing like 30 every 30 minutes and you walk back in, I feel like you must take the first five minutes of your session just to like reorient, like who is this person again? What are they doing on my schedule? It's all about organization mostly in my opinion in your brain and that takes a little bit of time but when you're not seasoned at doing that and you don't have a ton of patient recall and that does get better you guys at with time but there also are a lot of habits that you can start to build in order to improve upon that patient recall and by patient recall i mean without looking at the person's documentation you know who they are, what they're there for, what you worked on last time, and what you need to be doing this time in this session. And that's hard when you have a lot of people coming through. And it's definitely hard when you're newer. And that is definitely a skill that you can actually foster. But it starts with good habits. And so one of the things that I really recommend to people is two things when you, well, for anybody really, but especially when you're new, is to write in the plan extreme. Of all of the things, in my opinion, of documentation, the plan is one of the most important things because that's where you can write down what you're thinking. What is your hypothesis at that point? And what are you expecting from the patient? Which is, in for instance, follow up with bladder diary, right? So there, you gave them the bladder diary, you're now remembering that you need to ask them about that. Secondly, it is what do you want to look at next? And you should have a, at least a couple of things that you are you did in this current session 
that you want to know and you want to look at next session. And then you take during the session, the current session that you're in, you take when they come in again, you take that information and then you put it together with what their subjective reporting is that day. And with those three things, the subjective reporting, what they were supposed to bring back to you and what you did last time, what you wanted to look at next time, then you have now a plan of what to do in that current treatment session. So now let me go back to that idea of patient recall, because I think we've talked a lot about that with our team. And I don't know if that's a, a phrase I hear as often in the wider PT world, but that becomes really important. This is another like refing analogy, right? Where the best referees can remember a play that happened in a game five years ago and you can describe it and they'll actually, you actually work on that skill of play recall. Why is that so important as a pelvic PT? As a pelvic PT, it's super important because it can allow you to have a very cohesive hypothesis treatment plan that where the patient doesn't necessarily feel that you're going from actual patient to patient. So by having, by we said before in another podcast, we're going to do what we say we're going to do. So at the end of the session, and I talk about this in the Pelvic PT Essentials course, that last five minutes of your session should be a wrap up, not only for you, but for the patient. And then you together are coming up with a plan. You're writing it down so you can remember. And then we have, when we meet again, we just pick up right where we left off. Now, the recall about that is, for me, I've been doing this for a really long time. I can remember all of that without having to look back for months and months of patience. And that's just how my brain works. That's I have in my refereeing. I can remember games where I can remember sequences of plays. That's just how my brain works. And I it's think it's interesting when we're talking to staff too, because you can see how people are starting to develop that on our team, but when Nicole's asking about a patient that maybe they've both seen, you know, there's no having to go back to the chart. There's no wondering about this. And a lot of times our younger people are starting to, oh, fumble for, oh, wait, I need to go back and wait, who is she again? Uh, was she the tall one? Right. And, then, and I can usually remember, I usually, it, it does, I mean, it takes me a little like jogging of the memory, but then boom, it's like once it's there, it's like whew, floods in and I can remember that last Christmas they had a problem with their family that their dog's name is Fifi that and I can remember other things other than their body stuff as well and that is also really important to to do and make sure that you communicate to the patient that you remember that stuff as well but if you don't remember that you know if your brain doesn't work like that then you need to to realize that and use other tools so that you can essentially do that kind of like a little life hack. And that's what you're talking about in their charting from the most important thing is to talk about what you're planning on working with them next time and then documenting what you what your takeaway was from the previous session so you can follow up with that again. Right. And everybody should be working on like having a working hypothesis of of right this is where the find the why comes in. We should be thinking about we're working on this piece right now. I did this last session. I'm going to expect something next session. And by having that expectation, then we have a place of a foundation then to judge. Did our treatment help? Did it hurt? Did it not do anything? And do I need to, what do I need to adjust for my next treatment session? Right. And I know we talk about that 
you talk about that all over the place in the PT Essentials course. Um, but the interesting thing to me about having this 15 minute gap in between and having our staff coming up and saying, wow, we really feel like this is helpful. It really allows us to kind of take a deep breath, reorganize, make some notes for what I want to do with the next patient. And that's obviously great. I mean, in an ideal world, we'd all have 15 minutes before any new task to be able to task switch and reorient and take a breath and go to the bathroom. And that's just, we'll talk about the business side of that decision in a few minutes. But how do you, A, train that skill so that you don't really need, you can cut that time down from I need 15 minutes to 10 minutes to three minutes to the one minute you actually get. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you train that skill? And are there any other tricks or tips especially when you're kind of starting off and still feeling that like you're just jumping from patient to patient and disoriented a little bit. How do you manage that? So a couple of things. I think that like we talked about writing down in the plans, you have a reference to go to and really taking time at the beginning of your day to have a mental note, write down some notes, jog your memory at the beginning of the day so it doesn't feel like it's so sprung up on you. The other thing that I learned actually from a a guided imagery specialist that I saw when I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed and I hate using the word burnt out, but I definitely was feeling on the verge of getting burnt out about eight years into my practice. I saw a guided imagery specialist and she helped me to be able to create a ritual in my brain, right? So it's not like I'm doing something crazy and do some jumping jacks or something like that, but it's power posing in the bathroom. Power posing in the bathroom. I have like a little thought process where as soon as I, and so I have imagery. So as soon as I leave my treatment room, it's like whatever was going on in that treatment room stays in that treatment room. So someone can be, and part of the the issue, right, is emotionally it's different with someone that's in chronic pelvic pain and then you have a new mom coming in, right? So I take and use the leaving of the door, leaving, uh, leaving the room through the door as like an imagery to like leave that session behind. And then I take the time that I'm going to wash my hands, the time I'm going to do my charting, the time I'm going to do whatever, even if I'm going to go to the bathroom, I have a reset in my brain and sometimes it's as as little as just the time that it takes to wash my hands 30 to 45 seconds and I actually physically will close out in my mind that last person I usually think of something positive about them something that I was proud of myself for in that session something that I want to revisit next time and then because I know my schedule, then I now will immediately during that transition time, think about the next person and be in that, get myself back to a very neutral zone. So a very neutral zone, meaning I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, go super high and I'm not going to go super low with somebody, right? I want to stay really even keeled, kind of like a referee, right? No matter what's going on, craziness in the stands, a fight's breaking out, referees have to stay pretty even keeled. And then there's a, an imagery that I have going into that next session, back into that door, that now it's a new, a new session, a new day, a new person, and that's sort of what I do. Now that can be condensed into probably about two to three minutes. So even when I'm like flipping my room, or if I'm going to the bathroom, or if I'm washing my hands, I am going through the same process 
in my mind to reset. And I think that's so important going from patient to patient, especially if you see a lot of different types of patients. So really not letting yourself continue to ruminate on the patient that you were just with, because I could see how you could still be thinking a lot about them, even as you're finishing up the room and, and all of a sudden the next person walks in and like, oh, wait, wait, what's your name again? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a you have to be disciplined to do that. And you have to then leave time at the end of your day to sort of then re-download all of the things that you need to process. It really is about compartmentalizing each patient session so that you're really honoring what the patient that's sitting in front of you. Because if you're thinking about the patient that was just there, you're not giving your full attention to the person sitting in front of you, and that's just not fair, and that's not what we want to be doing at our clinic or as as a pelvic PT as a whole. And it sounds like the part of this is just the preparation of having a few minutes at the beginning of your day. You talk about how it's important to know your schedule. So you're starting to think about your next person without having to you know, check who that is. You've already reviewed your schedule. And then it sounds like there's a little bit of a closeout to the day of at the end of it, kind of working back through your people, things you wanted to take away from them, you know, anything else that, that comes to mind after that? Yeah, anything that you need to look up, anything that you didn't know, right, needs to be done that day. So it's it's so much better just to take the 10, 15, even half an hour at the end of the day to sort of make sure that everything from that day is wrapped up so that you can write your notes, do your thing, and then move on to the next day with a different set of patients, right? So that can be really helpful. And that's what I think our our PTs right now are seeing the benefit of because you, now the extended period of time in between that. It's almost forcing them It's to. forcing them to, but then it's also having them realize that maybe they're not doing that great of a job with that when, when we're seeing patients back to back. And now that we're going to talk about maybe that is going to have to happen, we are going to have to probably decrease that amount of time. Then how can we help them to create that little ritual for them so that the, the 15 minutes can turn into really like 15 seconds. Right. In between. <laughs> <laughs> and that's obviously because the, the challenge there, right, is it would be amazing if we could offer 15 minutes in between each and every session, you know, regardless of coronavirus. But we were just talking through about how this is where kind of the rubber meets the road in running a business versus patient care. And even though it's great to be able to recenter for those 15 minutes, I, I don't think necessarily our staff realizes how much that affects the clinic on the business side. Yeah, it is uh, a big deal. And we're going to go over some of the numbers. Jesse's going to go over some of the numbers with you guys just to be super honest about, yeah, it would be great if we could treat for free and, you know, we didn't have to worry about the money aspect, but it is a business. We run a business of pelvic physical therapy and we do not worry about or we take very great pride in being able to have one hour treatment sessions and stuff like that. But every decision that we make that improves patient care is some sort of a decision we also have to make on the back end with how it works out financially. Right. And just from just running the math, right? If you're seeing eight patients a day and 15 minutes tagged on to each of those, basically we're losing almost two hours a day of time of, of paid patient time, right? So that's almost a 20% drop in revenue while we're doing this coronavirus stuff. And while we can make some corrections for that, right, we can shrink lunches down from an hour to 30 minutes. 
that has a cost for people as well. Some of our staff really likes that. So others don't like the fact it's harder to go out and get lunch somewhere with that, right? So now we're balancing those decisions. And just in terms of the fairness to the staff, you're starting to now ask, well, if we're here for eight hours, but I'm only seeing six patients or seven patients, are we paying the staff then for that non-revenue generating time? Because that's a direct hit to the business, which is affecting whether or not we can market, which is affecting the overall viability of everything. Or as a physical therapist, are you willing to make that 15 minutes between people unpaid? And all of a sudden that idea gets a lot less popular, right? <laughs> totally. We're talking about this to you guys this way because I want to make sure that if you're running a business, you understand that every, even something as simple as, oh, just add 15 minutes in between, that's what everybody is doing, has actual repercussions for if you have staff, it has repercussions for you personally, and it has repercussions for the patient, and it has certainly has repercussions for the business. And so we have to know the decisions that we're making in totality, right? It's not just, oh, cool, social responsibility and patient safety, check, 15 minutes in between. The clinical staff love it, check, perfect. Well, but then what does that do to the bottom line of the business? And a 20% drop in revenue just by doing that is a big deal. Right. And that may not even sound like that much, but when you guys start thinking about it, there's not a drop in how much we're paying our staff. There's not a drop in our rent that's corresponding to that. We're not dropping our marketing budget to account for that. So now that's the 20% that's actually the leftover that allows us to actually run the business at the end of the day. So that's actually a huge difference when you're talking about all of the fixed costs that aren't changing because we're not cutting people's hours. We're not cutting people's pay with all of this. So that has to come from somewhere. That 20% becomes really significant. And then as an employer, we are certainly thinking about the repercussions of exactly that, right? Adding that 15 minutes back in, having our staff like it, and then we're going to have to get rid of it at some point. Now, when that is going to be is still determined on all of those factors we just went with, with a patient safety. And this is why this is at the coronavirus episode, right? What are the benchmarks that we're going to look at so that can actually go away, right? We, we can't do that too soon just from a revenue standpoint because then that's just not safe at, at some point, right? right. We so, talk about that as our the, that dynamic tension, right, where we're trying to balance the responsibilities that we have to our patients, to our staff, to our community, and to being able to have a business that is going to be continued to run and healthy. And that's where the challenge is. So for those of you who are employees, I hope you this gives you a little bit of an idea of what your employer is thinking and having to go through. Or they should be thinking about this. <laughs> right. And for employers, this is, again, just kind of our thought process as we go through some of these difficult things. But there is a dynamic tension and there's a trade off for everything that we do. And so that's something that we try to be as wise as we can be. I mean, there's obviously unintended consequences of everything as well, but that's why we communicated very clearly to our people. This is a temporary stuff. Like all of this coronavirus it, it changes are, you know, the best that we can be doing right now, but we're going to be constantly reevaluating as circumstances change. And it, that is becomes one of the biggest challenges, I think, for Jesse and I I don't know what would you say that was the, I think that the seemingly simple decision that ends up 
cascading and snowballing into, well, if we make one change here, then we're going to have to make another change here. We didn't even talk about the interesting thing that happens with the schedules now. Well, and how difficult it is on patients to not know, are you coming at 10, 15, 11, 30, 12, 45? Right. Even These, for PTs, start losing a little bit of track of time. Like, wait, when did I, did I start that person at 45 pounds? Yeah, the other day, past? the other day I, I accidentally, I was on that 15 instead of the hour like I usually am. And I stopped on the hour and all of a sudden this, my patient's looking at me super weird. And I'm like, why do you have such a weird look on your face? Cause I'm always pretty direct. <laughs> And she was like, oh, didn't our appointment, isn't our appointment end at the 15 instead of now? And I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're so right. Oh, my gosh. Like, I was like, dang. I meant to do that. We're doing push-ups for the next 15 <laughs> Yeah, months. I was like, darn it. I'm like, let me take a look at your hip and whatever else. So it's challenging on all ends, but it, it's, it totally screws up the schedule. It's It hasn't yet quite affected. I expected it to actually affect people coming in on time and patients getting confused and maybe right now because everything else is so slow still outside of here. I think that's it is that people aren't running around to four other appointments before they come in. So maybe that is their one outing of the day, but I, I agree and with we you. Anticipate, I anticipate that's yeah. going to be a real challenge for people. Right. So it's like, and then not all of our PTs are on the same schedule, right? So sometimes they're starting at 830, sometimes they're starting at 845, sometimes they're starting at nine, like what the heck is going on? So there are other challenges to doing that that 15 minute break and so i guess the the summary of this of this episode is to gosh just a little bit of an insight into every single little seemingly simple decision actually has significant effects down the line yeah so i want to that dynamic tension is a huge thing we want to be a takeaway from this episode nicole going back to the clinical aspect of that and being prepared and feeling ready for your next patient. What's the biggest takeaway you have on that side? The biggest takeaway from that is to, number one, figure out where you are right now. So is that something that you struggle with? Is it easy for you to do? My guess is that most people struggle with it. And and when you're not doing that well, it's a big, huge reason for you to feel overwhelmed and burnt out. And so I really encourage you guys to, number one, know where you are, know your personality. What do you like to do? Do you feel better if you write things down? Do you feel better if you make a short little list before each session? What do you do? And then create a ritual that can be relatively short, but it's a mental game of some sort of a visualization for you to end one session, reset and begin another session all while you are coming back to center from wherever you were with that previous patient is huge. And I think the hopeful aspect of what you're saying is that that is something that's a trained skill, that that habit becomes better and better. So that's definitely something to continue to be able to work on. So really appreciate you guys tuning in for this episode. We may be coming toward the end of our extra coronavirus episode. So we're, we're kind of debating back and forth on whether we want to stay two a week or one a week of these podcasts. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you guys want us to try to keep it at two a week, we are evaluating that. So shoot us an email if that's something that you guys think, or if it's just too much coming out and you don't have time to catch up, then totally we're, we're Let us know to go that to, too. Yeah, go down to once a week. So really appreciate you guys. Really want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise. <laughs>